You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come there to the website. Now we're tracking the early NFL free agency news here. It is the legal tampering period that has started. So some re-signings have started and some players are getting some interest from other teams. So really we'll find out a lot about who's going where in free agency, who's staying put here, and uh, kind of settle that over the next few days. So we will have live reaction to that here. Uh, we'll have some uh, big names coming off the board so far. Uh, we had Aaron Jones re-signed with the Packers, so no changing hands there. But a lot of big names, uh, Kenny Galladay, Hunter Henry, Chris Carson, still on the market. So we'll break that down for you. So we'll interrupt what we're doing here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. Our latest series, it's our transitional series we're looking at teams 2020 season in review and then the 2021 offseason preview as things get heated up here at free agency we know the drafts around the corner we're on our penultimate division here the afc west we've gone through the broncos and the chiefs that would mean the next team we need to look at is today's team the las vegas raiders so we will take a look at the las vegas raiders and uh what uh went well for them in 2020 what could be better in 2021 and just look back at uh, what we got scoring wise from all their key positions so we will start with quarterback as we always do with all these teams but i do have to tell you today's episode is brought to you by built bar go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order that's at builtbar.com so we know uh, it was a big year for the Raiders. It was their first year as the Las Vegas Raiders. Unfortunately, because of uh, COVID-19, they couldn't have any fans there. So this year will be the first year that Las Vegas Raiders fans will get to check out their team in that spaceship of a stadium there right next to the Las Vegas Strip. Seen it up close. It is impressive. So maybe that'll inspire them to play a little bit better but there were some uh, positive things here they went eight and eight again uh, on the verge of the playoffs as a uh, wild card not quite there but some good offensive takeaways that's for sure and uh, starting right at the top with Derek Carr he was a pleasant surprise in uh, many ways he actually finished 13th according to fantasy pros 281.12 total points there his average however 17.57 points this is for six points per passing td leagues that's number 20. you look at the numbers 4103 27 tds nine interceptions so pretty good overall efficiency for Derek carr 7.9 yards per attempt so strong there he also ended up with three rushing touchdowns so he got to that 30 mark and uh so that's always good to know but only 140 yards rushing so he's not going to give you much through that he didn't push exactly for 5,000 yards it's a run heavy team but Derek Carr is extremely efficient pushes the ball downfield 30 TDs is going to get you into that borderline QB1 conversation and that's what you saw from Derek Carr there 
in 2020. And he keeps getting undervalued and all that. And you put Marcus Mariota in in that short game. He came in and relieved him against the Chargers. Remember that? And Mariota kind of looked really good. He had uh, a lot of things going for him in that game. Rush for 80 yards and scored. You had him uh, throw for 226 and score. But otherwise, it was Derek Carr in for all 16 games, pretty much taking every snap here. So I think there's some more potential. Unfortunately, I don't think they got the maximum return from their skill positions around them. You didn't have Josh Jacobs completely healthy. He was banged up, played through an injury a little bit, only played 15 games. But I think it was a little misleading because he was hurt in uh, more of those. And I think he could have been more productive and consistent to help Derek Carr. But the biggest thing is he basically had one and a half key targets here and he made the most of those if you look at it that way for Derek Carr so yeah I think they could still get him some more help they're trying and uh, I think that's going to be the key is developing that help so they can be more effective around Derek Carr so there was some certainly some potential and again not too bad you could do a lot worse if you're in a deeper league than having Derek Carr because he was durable, consistent, available for most of the games except for that game he was knocked out against the Chargers on Thursday night late in the year. But otherwise, rather durable. Two QB leagues certainly was a weekly start almost there. But yeah, 20th puts him on the borderline. But again, durability and availability is key for a quarterback as well. So again, borderline QB1, deeper leagues, definitely more viable. And two QB leagues more viable. So I think there's some potential for Carr to see all those numbers go up. If the Raiders continue to have faith in him, don't try to give him the runaround and try to replace him here in uh, 2021 yet again, even though he produced another very good season. So we go from quarterback to running back. Josh Jacobs, as you mentioned, 273 rushes, 1,065 yards, 12 TDs. He also had 33 catches for 238 yards. No scores through the air it was a little disappointing because they worked in jail and richard quite a bit they didn't really have again all that standout work at wide receiver so you thought josh jacobs they've been talking him up as he's going to be involved in the passing game well he got 45 targets that's pretty healthy but 33 catches for 238 eh, it's not going to really move the needle that much so really touchdown dependent here he ends up with 214.8 points per game and half point or overall for the season in 15 games in half-point PPR. Eighth, that put him, so he was an RB1 according to that. He was an RB2 borderline with the 14.3 average points per game in half-point PPR. So Josh Jacobs, it was uh, not the easiest uh, grind for him. We expected a little bit better, but I think in the end, if you drafted him at the end of the first round, early in the second round, as a potential RB1, if you had address wide receiver later, or wide receiver before, and you wanted to have your second pick on Jacobs, I think you're happy. If you use your first pick on Jacobs there as a top 12, at the top of your draft, then you're definitely disappointed because you thought he was going to be more of a 1,600-type guy with maybe 16 TDs, and that makes a big difference. That jumps him up to more the upper-tier RBs where he just fell out in terms of the points per game out of the RB1 range, the top 12 at the position. So, yeah, Josh Jacobs, I, I think he could be better. Only 3.9 yards per carry. They had some offensive line issues. There's a bit of a reshuffle there going on with the Raiders. Some injuries, some age set in there up front. Guys that used to be effective weren't effective all of a sudden. So, not great run blocking. It was a grind for every yard on the ground for the most part 
for Josh Jacobs, and he's a guy that is a patient, durable runner, looks for his holes. He's not going to explode and get to the edge the way that we saw in bursts, but again, they didn't really use Jalen Richard all that much. It was Devontae Booker spelling him, and Booker was averaging 4.5 yards per attempt. So I think part of it was Jacobs, part of it was the offensive line. Could have been a lot better, but again, Jacobs... I think uh, we want to see bigger improvement. I don't know how much more Carr can improve on what he did last year, but I think certainly you can look at uh, Jacobs and say, look, this guy has more potential. He's a first-round pick. We know what he can do when healthy, and we've seen the best out of him. Maybe a little bit banged up. Maybe not reading his blocks as well. Maybe the offensive line let him down. Maybe not enough juice in the passing game to support the running game, and also not enough work for Jacobs in the passing game. So, all these things we weigh that we say that there is definitely a room for improvement more so with Jacobs, I think, than Carr, where Carr's going to need a lot of factors while Jacobs just needs to play better, number one, and get some uh, better help around him. And I think that can uh, settle up in here a little bit better for him as the running back than Carr at quarterback because, again, Carr needs improvement of a lot of players while Jacobs just needs improvement of a few. All right, so there's a look at uh, Carr and Jacobs and what they did for the Raiders there in uh, 2020. We will look then at the wide receiver, tight end, kicker, and defense in our next segment here on uh, Locked on Fantasy Football. But first, I got to tell you that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use that promo code locked on, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus now. We'll be right back here to look at uh, the surprise in the Raiders' receiving core and their absolute stud in fantasy football from 2020. All right, let's continue looking at the Las Vegas Raiders. I do have to remind you that it is NCAA tournament time. The brackets are out. March Madness is here. So uh, check it out uh, on the Lockdown Network. We've got you covered from the college angle, and we're going to have a bracket challenge that you can enter. So look for that here and uh, be part of the network. Uh, get involved. We got you covered there, and uh, something you can dive right into as uh, that's going to get going Friday. So we have NFL free agency frenzy going to March Madness. It is one insane week, and the Locked On Network is going to keep you all on top of it. All right, let us look at the Raiders, and this was a big surprise. Nelson Aguilar at wide receiver, 48 catches, 896 yards. He had 82 targets, so... Caught a, a good chunk, but 18.7 yards per catch. He became the deep threat. Here's a guy that his best season was as a slot receiver for the Eagles. He becomes the ultimate uh, big play weapon for Derek Carr. Go figure here. So he's a guy that stretched a field. We thought it was going to be more the rookie Henry Ruggs, but uh, Ruggs wasn't uh, completely healthy. He missed uh, three games here. Well, Aguilar, pretty durable, all, all 16 games. He was pretty reliable. So Close to 900 yards there. 896 and 8 is pretty good. And you'd imagine that puts him right in that uh, wide receiver 3 territory. And that was right. Half point PPR, 10.1 points per game. 29th in overall scoring. 38th. So a little bit out 
of the wide receiver three, but right in that range, as you would expect, they're in flex play. I mean, Aguilar was wide receiver three or flex, and that was a surprise because we heard him being talked about in training camp, the offseason, coming over and all that. We just didn't expect it was all going to connect and also happen in this way where he wasn't going to be a possession guy. And we also knew Hunter Renfro was in the slot, so we knew that was not going to be his spot. But Aguilar kind of reinvented himself, did some of the things he did at USC, 18.7 yards per catch. And that's a bit of an anomaly that's kind of a spike from what we've seen with Aguilar in ATDs. So I don't expect a duplicate of this. There are a lot of factors that went into it. And if it is a copy, then it's not great for the Raiders. Yet Hunter Renfro, we thought he was a deep sleeper, but he just kind of fell off the radar. 56 catches. He did have 77 targets, but 656, not a big touchdown guy, only two, 11.7 yards per catch. So it takes a lot for him to grind even lower end production. So, yeah, I'm not on the Renfro train. I don't like to force these slot receivers with limited volume here. And especially on this team, because we know where the real true go-to guy is kind of the wide receiver, tight end, inside guy, and uh, it's not one of these uh, receivers. So why well, I think it's not going to be great going forward for Aguilar and Renfro is that Henry Ruggs III, is, I think it's just too talented here. He, he had 452-2, and two, 17.4 yards per catch. So he was stretching the field as well. I think he can become a more well-rounded receiver. He's from Alabama. I know he can do a lot more than just stretch the field and make big plays. And Derek Carr, full offseason, regular one here. Injury-riddled stuff for Ruggs. He wasn't completely healthy going into the year. So it was a rough rookie year all around for Ruggs. Kind of like his uh, receiving mate there that won the first uh, round, uh, Jerry Judy. That it just wasn't the right season for them to go off here as rookies. So I think Judy can improve greatly. I think Ruggs has a great talent as well. We know Alabama receivers, uh, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones. Amari Cooper, they have a good history and track record in the NFL. It just takes them a while to get going. So 452-2, and two, those numbers will spike here, I think, for Ruggs. And again, this is in 13 games, so he probably pushes for 700 yards if he's on a more regular basis there and in, in the gist of offense if he plays all 16. And again, I think he's the more well-rounded, better receiver than Aguilar in the long run. Aguilar was out of necessity making those catches because he was the most reliable and had a good relationship with Derek Carr. But you don't draft Henry Ruggs III in the first round and uh, try to just bury him and make him a complimentary receiver. He's going to try to be the alpha here, and that's what we're going to look for for the Raiders in 2020. Now, Darren Waller, what can you say about him? He's an absolute beast. 107 catches on 145 targets, 11.96 and 9. Basically, he is the Travis Kelsey of the... Raiders, the rival of the Chiefs here, second in tight end scoring at 14.1 points per game. Only 3.3 down from Kelsey. So Kelsey did a lot with the touchdowns and the receiving yards. That was the biggest disparity. But you'll take 11.96 and 9 from a wide receiver. You get it from a tight end with 107 catches. It's just amazing. Darren Waller is a tight end. He's a wide receiver. He's an inside guy. He's an inline guy. He's an offline guy. He's a deep threat when they need it. 11.2. He was all over the field. He wasn't a big touchdown guy early for Derek Carr, but he kind of looked to him a lot in the red zone there. This is despite having guys like Foster Moreau and Jason Witten there and Derek Carrier tight end. These guys did pilfer a few touchdowns. Four tees uh, combined there for Witten and Moreau, but 
Carr did look to the tight end often in the red zone, so that's uh, 13 touchdowns there from his tight end. So, yeah, that was a big deal. And you also didn't have Brian Edwards, the other rookie, get going here, the bigger-bodied guy from uh, South Carolina, 193-1 and one for him. So I don't think Waller's value is going to dip so much. He's like Travis Kelsey to me. I think he's locked into being a big part of this offense as long as Carr is around. Carr and Waller have an uncanny chemistry. John Gruden loves Waller. He's going to be the guy that we're going to target most ahead of the wide receivers here. So if I'm going to say Ruggs or Waller, yeah, I'm still interested in Waller. A lot more Ruggs, more as a sleeper potential wide receiver four, wide receiver three potential. But Waller is still an elite uh, top three at worst tight end option. I still think he's top two behind uh, Kelsey here going forward. All right, so yeah, Darren Waller, he's the no-brainer. Nothing's going to happen to him. Lock him up, lock and load. He's going to be what he is for a while as long as he stays healthy. Now, let's look at uh, the other surprise was at kicker for the Raiders. Daniel Carlson finished 9.7 points per game, fourth overall, fifth in points per game there at kicker. So that's pretty good. Again, you want to get to close as 10 as possible, double digits from your kicker if you're still using kickers in your league. And Daniel Carlson had a very good season. Remember, the Vikings gave up on him too early. Now they've cut Dan Bailey. So we know that uh, Mike Zimmer was fickle with kickers. John Green was a little bit more patient with Carlson. Kicks indoors in a favorable situation now with the Raiders. Good weather in most games here. They do have the game against the Chargers. So that's a good uh, nine games already there. Indoors, uh, working in the Raiders kicker's favor. He's got a good, good leg make a lot of things happen here. So Daniel Carlson, again, good weapon here. The Raiders uh, should definitely try to keep him in the mix uh, for a while here in Las Vegas. And finally, the Raiders defense, this is one of those worst defense situations. 2.7 points per game, 38. So this is a big reason the Raiders finish 8-8. Eight eight. They weren't a playoff team. Their offense was pretty efficient and good. With Carr, Jacobs, and Waller as key triplets here. Got some help from Aguilar. But their defense was terrible. This was this point, despite getting Corey Littleton and Nick Kitkowski, they invested some money on this defense. So big disappointment. Now they've overhauled it, uh, got rid of LaMarcus Joyner, some of these guys they spent a lot of money for. Since the Khalil Mack trade, things have just not been great defensively here as the Raiders have tried to rebuild. They need Cleveland Farrell and uh, Max Crosby to get the pass rush going. Need some interior help as well. Just a team that uh, could use a lot more defensive punch everywhere to make some plays to get a lot better. So Raiders have a lot of room to improve and not something we're going to see there in terms of a uh, defense special teams won in 2021. They're not going to be that dramatically improved for Gruden and Mike Mayock. And a new defense coordinator, by the way, as they fired Paul Gunther going in a slightly different direction here for their defense. So we'll see what uh, they do uh, defensively here, trying to change the scheme, trying to get some aggressiveness, try to get the pass rush going. Gus Bradley in charge now. He's had some success with teams, Seattle and Jacksonville, and uh, getting some defenses up to speed, so that helps, but the personal overall has to be the first thing you get from the Raiders. All right, there you have a look at the, the Raiders 2020. we got to look at 2021, and we'll do that here. Look at their uh, draft picks, uh, free agency situation as free agency starts here. But first, got to tell you, it is March Madness, but it is also Built Bar Madness. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. 
Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate in all bars. We have to determine now which Built Bar is the best for Built Bar Madness. In today's matchup, I'm proud to tell you we're into the Sweet 16. Toffee Almond versus Mint Brownie. Classic matchup. This is a tough one. I love both of these flavors in my mix back of uh, Built Bars. Mint Brownie, I think, is my favorite. I like the brownie flavors uh, pretty consistently with Built Bar. And I like mint. I like the chocolate-mint uh, combination here. I love toffee almond, too. I mean, I'm pretty uh, impartial when it comes to candy bars and that uh, flavor. Well, Built Bar takes it to another level than candy bars do with the great pure chocolate and uh, good for you as well with the protein and energy to get you through the day. So you really can't go wrong toffee almond versus mint brownie, but I'm going to make my pick and it's mint brownie. You should make your pick too. Just go to builtbar.com and check out Built Bar on Twitter to find out uh, more about uh, this uh, Built Bar madness and how you can get in on it and vote today. So just go to builtbar.com or follow Built Bar on Twitter to find out more. And remember to use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at Built Bar. That's LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at Built Bar. And check back to see who's won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. We'll be right back here to close the show looking at the Raiders cap free agency and draft situation for 2021. All right, it is time to close the show and our look at the Raiders transitional look from 2020 to 2021. But I do have to remind you to check out Monday's on Locked on NFL. Don't miss the biggest story from around the NFL is Monday's Locked on NFL host, Bo Brock, interviews the local experts on the biggest stories from around the league, big wins, shocking endings, top performance, and unexpected developments to get the in-depth analysis and in-depth breakdowns from those you in the know every Monday on Locked on NFL. Subscribe to Locked on NFL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's uh, quickly look at the Raiders and their uh, nuts and bolts here. $20 million under the cap. They made some restructures. They moved on from Trent Brown. Richie Incognito, Gabe Jackson. So all those changes up front. Uh, definitely the Raiders are trying to overhaul their offensive line, help Josh Jacobs. I mentioned that. LaMarcus Joyner, they moved on him, a safety that has been disappointing. So restructure the contracts of Kiewitkowski and Littleton to the free agency acquisition. So they need a lot of defensive help. They could use a third linebacker there to help those two guys. They need some interior help there. They need some interior help on the offensive line now without Incognito there and Gabe Jackson only have Rodney Hudson the longtime stalwart center tackles could use an upgrade here they do have some help there with Colton Miller but certainly offensive line could use an upgrade to help this team overall I don't think they'll go skill position necessarily in the draft with Waller and you got Aguilar playing well you got Henry Ruggs hopefully doing more Renfro they're happy with him so the three basic spots they're settled here at receiver, the two outside in 11 personnel, as well as Renfro in the slot. You got Waller there. So, again, focus, I think, is going to be defensively, defensively, defensively for the Raiders and offensive line, which is really the defense of the offense, if you think about it that way. So, yeah, they got to get better with the nitty-gritty, the nuts and bolts. Get the basics down, and that's been uh, frustrating for John Gruden, that they not very consistent in stopping the run or covering the pass or uh, – setting up things in the running game. He wants the fundamentals back, and that's going to be the focus here. And uh, Gruden, we know, 
is fickle and can get temperamental and wants things to go in the right direction. So I'd expect uh, that happens here in 2021, where I think it's pretty clear where the Raiders have to improve. So I don't expect them to be big free agency spenders. I think they'll be calculated free agency spenders, but I think a lot of their damage is going to be done through the draft here. Mike Mayock is better at that, I think, than spending in free agency. You look at the uh, picks, they do have seven, so the standard issue. They're not from the traditional sources, but number 17 overall, number 48, number 81, 122, 163, 203, and 248. So some good draft picks there for the Raiders with which to work. So, again, I expect the Raiders to be improved. I mean, pretty good to be 8-8 eight eight with a terrible defense, some offensive issues. So they got overall, they had to get younger, they had to work their cap a little bit better. So everything should point upwards here. I think the two biggest improvements I'm looking for are Ruggs and Jacobs. Carr about staying the same, maybe a little bit bump up. Darren Waller, it's totally fine. He doesn't really need to go up much more. He's at his ceiling. So that's what I'm looking for. I want the young Alabama duo there, Jacobs and Ruggs, to really come through for this team. And then we'll be happy. We want every team to have as many viable fantasy football assets as possible. And the Raiders certainly have that potential here if they make the right kind of uh, supporting moves here in free agency in the draft. So there's a look at your Las Vegas Raiders from 2020 into 2021. Our next team and our final team from this division, obviously, will be the Los Angeles Chargers there. And then we'll get into our final division, the NFC West, with the Arizona Cardinals. A look at uh, what's going on with Los Angeles Rams and then San Francisco and Seattle. That's how we'll close our transitional looks at all these teams. But... We will have some free agency reaction for you. So might be taking a little break here. Depends on all the big signings that will be coming here. And uh, that's how we'll do it. But we still have uh, those five teams to get to. And we will get to all the teams. And uh, maybe we can uh, talk about uh, some big changes on these teams here as we talk about them as well. So that should be exciting. But again, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Fantasy Football. This look at the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, have a great day. See you tomorrow. And uh, good luck with your team signing the big free agents.